It's actually kind of funny. If you were listening to this one before episode 40, I shot that I recorded this intro before 30. I recorded 39 after 40. But the interesting one about 39 is, is that our guest, my guest, Jeremy Abramson, he's been my guest 39 on several of my podcasts. So it's really, really uh, pretty interesting. Pretty, it's pretty good. Pretty good. But welcome to everybody back to the bus driver experience. But if you are new, welcome on the bus. And there's only a few rules we have on this bus. One of them being you're either on the bus or off the bus. I'm the bus driver, your bus driver. And there's rule 63, but we'll get to that on episode 63. What a special episode that's going to be. But very excited about today's episode because today's episode I'm working with uh, and speaking with an old friend. Uh, I've known him about four or five years now, and he works in the health, wellness, and coaching space. Um, Lives in Miami, but he works with people all around the world. And he's a guy who really, really facilitates and operates and works the internet Beautifully. I mean, he is able to manage and wing that thing and connect with other people all around the world and inspire people in exactly the way he's always wanted to do it. We have Jeremy Abramson, Coach Jeremy 305. And like I said, I've known Jeremy. I knew Jeremy when he moved to Miami on his uh, in his bout with homelessness. You know, he was living in and out of his car. I know he shared that story in on his social media pages. And it's just amazing and beautiful to see all of his growth. Um, not just staying positive through this time of COVID and this pandemic that we're all experiencing throughout the world, but um, his growth and journey throughout these four or five years that I've uh, gotten to know him. And um, it's just great to see people who've really embraced uh, not just life and the reality and the terms of reality have set upon them, but they've accepted themselves and they've been able to really master and harness their special abilities and their superpowers and crafts. This is what Jeremy does, and this is what he can do as a coach. So I'm very excited to bring on another wacky and amazing conversation with my buddy, Jeremy Abramson, episode 39, Bus Rider Experience. My management team doesn't want me doing any shows, as you heard. <laughs> with my buddy right there new management we have new management over here at bus driver experience and they're like listen we need you doing x we need you doing y we need you doing z you have x amount of projects going on i'm working on so many different things very excited about the future of a lot of these things and we're just figuring out how that works out and how that fits in with everything so um and how it makes me more money. So it's actually great having a management team, people that are looking out for my best interests where I don't necessarily look into my best interests. I think that's uh, something as creators and just, you know, fun-loving people. I know you can attest to this too. We don't necessarily look at the world or look at the people in the world as they're going to take advantage of us or have our best interest for us. And sometimes it doesn't work that way. So yeah. it's actually great having, you know, basically, you know, that killer in your corner. You can say, hey, Go get them. <laughs> Spot me, you know? I don't yeah. want to be that guy, and I don't want to... I, I just either haven't been able to master that part, and I think it's a good ego check, too, to say, hey, I'm not great at everything. This isn't my best thing. Let me spend that extra money or give up that equity for someone to go do that for me. And that's someone who can do a better job at it than I can. With, you know, again, you have to still figure out who that person is that's going to have your best interests. Um, I love that. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, so let me just do a quick little intro for the live. And I want to talk more about your team. And hey, guys, so I am about to be on one of my very good friends' podcast, Brandon from LA, right there, right there. And you guys are going to hear a little bit more about my mindset, my approach to life. If you have any questions, drop them below. This show is going to go live either tomorrow or the next day. So make sure to shoot me a message on Instagram and we can connect. I can answer any questions and you can follow all of the work and all of the journey there. All right. Much love, fam. Let's get it. Hello from Portugal. Oh, this is so fun. Look at this. Look at this guy. He's so TikTok. He's going TikTok live. I mean, just a few months ago, you were doing your IG lives with the podcast. I don't advise them for my podcast clients because of all the bouncing and all the noise and the different audio inputs and outputs that are going. But, you know, if this thing is just going to be capturing that right there, it's not the show itself. That's yeah, live where we are. So, but yeah, man, you've, uh, you've taken a deep dive into TikTok since, not just since we last spoken or since I had you last on the show. TikTok has been something that you've, uh, you've really uh, invested a lot of time into. Yeah, it's interesting, bro. Like, uh, we're not, are we live or no? The show is recording, yeah. I'm gonna, I have oh, all okay. that TikTok stuff going, me explaining my management stuff. We're, okay. We got, it, we got it all, baby. I love that. So, so one of the reasons, one of the triggers, I guess, that, that really showed me, holy shit, like this TikTok thing is no joke, is at the end of April, I saw someone, uh, it was like the first time I actually looked at the app and like started consuming content. And obviously as a big fan and follower of Gary Vee, you know, he's always saying TikTok, 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 right? And my, I guess, limiting belief or excuse for not diving in earlier was because I was putting a lot of energy in LinkedIn, Instagram, the podcast. And I was like, like, I don't know if I can handle another platform. But what happened at the end of April was I saw this video, like just from a balcony in Miami, recording like just the quarantine action. And it went super viral. It had like 10 million views. And I was like, oh my goodness, like the virality, the reach, the potential of this platform should not be taken for granted. And when it comes down to it, B, it's like all of this stuff is just attention. It's a way to spread our message. And with people like you and myself who have a powerful message to share to the world, I think it's an obligation to have a presence on these platforms, to, to really intentionally put out content that is going to align ourselves with our mission and also help people in the process. So, so for me, like I saw that, viral content. I was like, Oh, wow. And you already know, I have a lot of content aggregated over the years. And I, and I told my boy, I was like, yo, starting May 1st, I'm just going ham on TikTok." And I was like, my goal is to get to 10,000 followers by the end of May. Right. And I got to about 9,000. I got to about 9,000. And then I took a trip home to California and, uh, inadvertently, um, you know, I asked my mom and dad separately. I was like, I would love to do just like a little TikTok dance with you guys and, and also maybe like share a little of your story. So I did that 
And the one with my dad hit, it's at like 3 million views. And the one with my mom had like 5 million views. And I was like, holy shit. And it wasn't just about like the amount of views, which is also, also, you know, it's nice little validation, right? But it was the comments that people were, were putting in, like saying how this really impacted them, how this showed them that, wow, it is possible to get pregnant later in life. It is possible to have a loving relationship with your son. It is possible to cultivate something special and, and not necessarily give in to societal norms and expectations. So for me, I feel like now I really want to step into my storytelling capabilities. Um, and, you know, TikTok is, is a great way, a great platform for that. And I think a lot of people still have limiting beliefs around it, thinking that it's just like 14-year-old girls doing dances. Well, I think you got to be careful about that part just because there is no like age restriction and limit on there. And you don't know what videos you're watching, especially with uh, all the laws around things, especially, you know, child pornography. It's like, what is what and what isn't what? So I think that's one one line that the app isn't, you know, fully looking into in terms of what people can and can't see. But that's not that's a smaller, smaller issue in terms of, you know, what you've just sold me on in terms of, uh, again, the greater reach we can have and the greater messages that we can bestow. And if there's any generation that's not the most, I wouldn't say impressionable, but the most malleable, better word to use, is the younger generation, you know? Um, and yeah, I have not been using TikTok at all. I was planning on doing one for more of the fitness and um, what's it called content I use, uh, cooking. But yeah, to jump in there, I was like, like you said, how much more stuff do I want to make? But I also look at everything's way too in a dollar and cents mind, uh, mindset and aspect. Like this thing has to make X amount of dollars or has to return this amount of things, especially working with management now. If it's not doing this, why are you doing it? Because it's not making either of us money. So, but no, I, I totally get, and I, I definitely, I guess I got to look into how I can pass on, especially the societal, the community, um, aspects that I want to push because I don't believe social media actually pushes and spreads it, it, in terms of what they were, what they claim they're intended to do. They're not actually doing. So how can we leverage those platforms to actually be those arbiters of impacting, you know, societal and cultural change around us? Cause you know, I think both of us look at that stuff, God damn it. And we're both like, how can we do more? What can we do more of? And you know, you know, COVID, I think, has been a, a great wake up call for all of us as a country because it's, you know, it, it's forcing us all to look at our shit, whether you're well off, whether you have been saving money, if you haven't been saving money, if you are healthy, if you aren't, aren't unhealthy. And I think one in particular, which you and I can both speak on is, you know, most Americans, you know, this is not to, you know, put anybody's uh, who's lost loved ones or friends or acquaintances because I've had, I've lost plenty of people in New York City that I've known. Um, but, you know, for a serious point, we Americans were, were not the best forms of health or projections of health out there. And, you know, most of these major corporations or companies um, and even medicine and healthcare itself, really, their, their goal and job isn't, isn't there to make sure you're your healthiest or you're your best. It's, the industry's for profit for a reason. It's not for 
you being the healthiest and best version of yourself. Yeah, hundred percent, man. And and before we tackle like what you just mentioned about about the health of this country and the current pandemic, whatever whatever you want to call it, um, I well, think it's, it, it's, it's 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 a pandemic. It's a it's yeah. a global health crisis. I think uh, people need to start facing that and saying, okay, yes, there are there's a lot of shit we don't know about it still, and yeah. the doctors are doing their best, but at the same time, the thing you and I agree on. And, you know, when people are complaining that, oh, I can't go outside, uh, people are being locked in my home. This is slavery. It's like you can go outside and do some push-ups. You can go for a walk. You can, you can get exercise. You know, everybody's, again, going right to the excuse. You could make healthier choices in your kitchen. Like sure. all, all that stuff's there. And I know those, those are things like you believe in. But people got to like start facing the facts and saying like, okay, this is real. How can I make sure I'm not just protecting myself? but the choices I make are actually impacting everybody around me in a positive way. hundred percent. Yeah. And, and before we tackle, you know, the health and wellness stuff, I definitely want to touch and address something that you mentioned about, you know, uh, about like the hesitance to jump on a platform, right? Because maybe immediately you don't see like, okay, this is what it's going to lead to financially. And for me, like you met me probably four years ago at this point, and you know, uh, my my thing has always been value, bro. Like I'm out here, I genuinely believe so strongly in the message that I have to put out into the world. And I know based on the feedback I've gotten that it's worked, that people have been inspired, people have taken action because of some of the things that I've shared. And, and, and for me, it's always a long-term play. Like. I'm 29 years old and my goal isn't just to make money from TikTok. However, with that being said, how can I, you know, in due time, get people from TikTok to engage with the podcast, to engage with Instagram, to possibly become a client down the road, right? So that is all in due time. However, for now, you know, my, my intention is just to continue building an audience by creating value and by sharing stories. So that is really my intention in regards to really all social media. And now a few years later, you know, through Instagram, through LinkedIn, I am seeing how this manifests. I am seeing that because I provided so much consistent value for people over the last 12, 18, 24 months, they trust me, you know, they, they believe that I can help them get from point A to point B. They believe that I care. They believe that I have compassion. They believe that I have competence. They believe that I have character and that doesn't come overnight. Um, so, you know, with these people watching right now on TikTok live, you know, my goal is to earn your trust, is to connect with you, to add value to you, to help you, support you. And then maybe down the road, if I do have a program that aligns with your needs, maybe you'll consider it. And that would be amazing. But, but that isn't the reason I do it. Um, so just wanted to address that. And yeah, then yeah, I think that's people's biggest hindrances, you know, including myself, you know, we think like we're, we're so easy to put down our messages or the things we believe in most and the things we want to project out there to the world that we end up not even saying them at all because I mean, to go into what we're probably going to go into, it's just, 
and what I've talked with uh, with our other community of, uh, of friends and people in the health and wellness space. Like we're never we're never we're continuously looking outward to what we don't have and what everybody else has. We don't realize all the amazing, beautiful things and the things that we can do with inside of us. And I mean, that's just projected into, you know, everything in the world, advertisement, capitalism itself. And it's like, oh man, like we could be doing capitalism just a whole better way. And yeah. people have so many great things. So I'm, I'm totally with you in terms of like, I think you, I'm one of those believers in the content space that you need to put out everything and anything as much as you possibly can, especially to be that uh, arbiter of, or the authority over whatever subject matter you could even create and that you want to be the person on. Cause in the end, like, you know, as I've worked with you over the years and everything you've done, you've, uh, you know, <laughs> there's no other Jeremy Abramson out there running around like Spider-Man or making the content like you do in the space. So it's like, okay, <laughs> I've already developed my own brand just based off of who I am and what I'm doing. And the things that I choose to do and the voices and the messages I want to be. So, you know, and, and I've, it's taken me a while to, you know, figure that out and also just commit to that and also like be okay with that. I think a lot of people, you know, even us for the longest time, you know, we weren't secure in those, in who we actually were and who we wanted, what, the, what messages we believed in to present out there. Mm. You know, how did you get over that? I know you talked yeah. about it a few times on your post. Yeah, bro. I think, I, think, I think what you said is really powerful and profound. First of all, you know, everyone listening, everyone watching, you have a unique story. And, and it's, it's, it's part of the uniqueness of humans is that we are storytellers, every one of us. Whether you do that through creating videos, whether you do that through writing, whether you do it through poetry or painting, whatever your modality of expressing that story is, we all are designed and born to tell a story and to tell our story, which is so unique and it's one of a kind. And I think a lot of times, uh, you know, people, including myself in the past, we get hung up on this idea of it needs to be perfect. You know, it needs to look a certain way. And, and again, there's nothing, there's nothing more powerful than authenticity. You know, that's what people really resonate with. That's what they connect with. And I think in regards to what you said, it's hard to put out like a genuine message when you're not really connected to yourself. And I think so many people, and again, including myself in the past, were caught up in this game of whether it's comparing yourself or leaning too heavily maybe on your strengths. It's like, okay, I have a nice body. I have a six pack. So that's all I'm going to show people. I'm just going to create content. That's just me like crushing workouts, making sure that the lighting is perfect, shining on my ass. <laughs> right. And it's like, it's like really though, like how is that helping people? And, and don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with that. Like I still do post content a lot of my content shirtless Who doesn't the, like to show off their six-pack you know exactly but it, flaunt it but but at least at least my intention behind it's different it's like hey you know this is what's possible if you stay consistent if you stay committed so um i would say the biggest thing that helped me get over the hurdle was first of all understanding like hey man you have a powerful story to share and by not sharing it you're being selfish 
Um, and then, and then number two is just something that doesn't end. It's that constant evolution and, and cultivating self-awareness to understand like, okay, this is who I am. This is my experience. And this is maybe how I can communicate this message to help someone else who might be experiencing something similar in their life. It's, and it's so hard because people ask all the time, like, what can I do? Like, how do I do it? Like, what's, what, what, what step do I take? And, you know, it's, it's, it's hard because you have to be, you have to have empathy for where that person is and where they're coming from, which is something, you know, we all struggle with when someone asks us something like, where is this person coming from? Why are they asking it the way they're asking it? And then being able to process that in the split second decision. So when someone asks like me that, like, like, listen, I didn't just wake up today and figure this out, but you can wake up just today and start taking the step in the direction toward whatever you want your life to be, a job you want to have or career one you want to have. Like it's, you know, um, which I want to talk to you about too, is like, how do I put my big goals aside and just say, okay, today I'm going to take a step towards that direction rather than saying I need to hit the home run, you know, mm. what do, what do you do to, to put those like grandiose ideals aside? Cause I know you have, you know, some massive ideas that you want to execute on and get out there in the world. But how, how are you able to put yours aside and say, you know, today I just want to make sure I wake up and make my bed. Hey, today I want to make sure I just send an email to this company because I'm looking for a sponsorship for the hoop bus in order to get natural gas so we can take this thing across the country and make a bigger message. That's the big plan, but how do I start taking care of that small piece today to go where I want it or get to where I want to get to? Yeah. So first of all, man, I mean, in regards to you personally, you know, you have such a powerful story. Like, I don't even think you've scratched the surface in nope. terms of like telling your story. I mean, you talk about a, a guy growing up in, in, uh, in Davie, Florida, right? Um, I believe it's Davie. Uh, in Davie, Florida, you know, the most unassuming kid. And he plays, plays high school ball at one of the top schools and then walks on at one of the top universities. This is a 5'11", scrawny white Jewish kid playing at Syracuse with a bunch of former, a bunch of future NBA players. And that takes a certain mindset, a certain belief system to understand and, and to actually believe that you belong in that situation, right? So first of all, like that's, that's part of it. And, and then understanding like, you know, you going to Kuwait, playing pro ball, and then deciding, you know, after... Uh, after some ups and downs with that, overcoming injuries, overcoming all these different things with the visa, whatever it may be, deciding like, hey, I'm going to start coaching kids. I'm going to save up and have this bus that I'm going to take all across South America to share stories and to have these crazy experiences. So a lot of times, because we're living our own life, we don't understand how unique it is. And, and you know, I think something, a useful exercise that people can do listening right now is like really start to go back and like track some of your story, some of your journey. And some things will come up, some images will come up that maybe you forgot about, maybe you neglected. 
And those are going to really help you uh, gain momentum when it comes to understanding like how you got to where you are and, and some of your core values, some of your core beliefs. And, and then in regards to what you said about like, you know, uh, not just getting so caught up in the macro and being able to disciple like the micro steps. Um, I think a lot of people, man, based on my observation, really struggle with systems and organization. And for me personally, I have my big three. This is like big three things I'm working on for the month of July or for quarter three. And I understand that if I want to get to these numbers or these things, right, I have to take committed action on them every day. So that might mean simply, um, simply understanding like what are the things right now that are distracting you, right? What are those people, uh, those things that are taking you away from your core values and, and the stuff that you really want to create? And then also preserving your peace. Like, you know, something that I'm really big on is like, committing at least a two hour window each day where your phone's on airplane mode and you're just in the fucking zone. Like whatever that is that you're working on, like just work on that. Like rather than have all these open tabs and constantly checking your DMs and like all of that shit, commit at least two hours to just going all in on your mission, all in on one of those big three items. Hmm. Did that, did that help answer your question? No, it did. I'm just uh, always reflecting back on myself. You know, when I hear someone else who's knowledgeable in the space, the people I get to talk to on the show talk about it, so I immediately reflect on what I'm doing. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the comparison thing that we say is not good, but also the, I think it's not comparison, but reflection that you need to have where you say, oh, what about that am I not doing? What part of my life's isn't its strongest and its best. Like connection to the phone is probably at its all time worst. Like just way too much time. What is your average screen time? What kind of a uh, average time you putting up on the phone? Huh. That's a good question. Um, first of all, again, you're, you're, you're providing like a lot of, a lot of really valuable talking points. So while I don't want to like ignore your question, I think it's important what you said is like, it's very easy to get in the comparison game. And this is something I actually was talking <laughs> to, my, to my good friend Adam about this morning, Adam Freider. You know, if, for those who know, Adam's like one of the biggest influencers in like the fitness calisthenics space. And I've been following him for years. And when I first started following him, it was a lot of comparing. I was like, this dude's got like this sick body. He can do these crazy workouts. He has this many followers. And then I really shifted to like more of a admiration mindset where I was like, yo, I could probably learn a lot from this dude and I want to connect with him. So I was pretty persistent and like just building a relationship with him. And we first connected like during Art Basel in December last year and we just stayed in touch. And, and now like that I've been able to cultivate more of a relationship with him, like there's so much alignment and, and, and it's like a really a beautiful friendship. Um, and then in regards to screen time, uh, I would probably check, say, check, 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 check the phone. Check Are you the saying phone. like right now check? 
Yeah. The thing is, it. I'm on TikTok Live. I can I can give you probably a rough estimate. Is screen time like like time that you're actually like on your phone, like either messaging or posting or anything so like th that? So there, there's a thing that tracks it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I'm, just at, I'm at 12 hours daily average. Wow. So, <laughs> so, 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 so I'm pretty sure based on like what I've seen, I'm between seven and eight. Um, and here, here's the thing. I still didn't put you on for still getting that much, but you know, it's, uh, I, I think we're, I think we're spending the valuable time on there. I think I could still be spending better time on there, but yeah, man, in the evenings of, uh, used to be so good at it. It's so hard to put that thing down now. Dude, it's, it's fucking wild, right? It's crazy that like, this is such a new, this is such a new dynamic. Like like seriously, the last decade, you know, people were spending time on their screens five years ago, 10 years ago, but it was for messaging. Maybe it was for like a WhatsApp message, but now it's like, there's such an abundance of platforms, abundance of entertainment, right? And, and, and understand that each of these platforms has thousands of programmers and engineers who are like strategically planning ways for you to stay on their platform. Constantly so, writing the code, spending a full 24 hours writing code, the code that maintains these, the walls of this digital world that actually exists now. I want to say the matrix, like there's this whole digital world that these guys are writing the walls for called code and that exists in a whole nother realm that you get to jump into basically when you look inside the phone, you're basically like diving in. It's, it's crazy because like 15 years ago, I like refused to get a phone. I was like, oh, I don't need one. Like when I was the I first got one in high school, like, okay, I have it to call my mom. Like, like that was all the utility of the phone had and I barely used it. And then I think I got, the, once I started text messaging, I got one of the flip phones. I started putting out 10,000 texts a month, just, you know, and I love it. Cause uh, I think the aspect of it I love is that we humans are uh, social creatures. You know, it's probably the biggest thing about us that this virus has been such a big test of is that there's so many of us and we, we, we love to connect. We love to communicate. We love to, to, uh, socialize. It's who we are. It's what our species has done such a good job of. Like it's something that we've learned to actually crave and the drug houses that our bodies, like they start releasing different drugs in our body. Once we start socializing and connecting with other people, cause it could lead to touching. It could lead to lead to, whatever intimacy, the sex, like there's things that are going to send off your hormone system of your body. And mm. it's like, now we're telling people, Hey, you got to stay indoors. and can't do that. Like not only for a health purpose, but it's like, also like we on a biological level, like we want to do, <laughs> we, we naturally want to go out and do these things. Our cells, you know, the hormone, the endocrine system of our bodies want to do this. And it's, it's mm -hmm. like I said, it's a real test of, Hey, can we have, seven and a half, eight billion people on the planet. Can we live with this many people? Can we live with this many people that, you know, we're not, we're not helping a majority of the planet, you know, not only live in health, but live in a certain respectable level of non-poverty, we'll call it. Um, so how do we, how do we take, how do we get people, you know, we've uplifted a lot of people. I'm not saying we have, we're not moving in a positive direction, but there's, this is for humans. We could be doing, like you said, we looked at them. Like you could be doing. We could be putting out shit like this right now. We're yeah. just putting stuff out here. 
and it's good for this many people. Like, how do we make it great for everyone? So, so, so there's a lot to unpack with what you said. Like each thing you're saying is opening up a new, a new topic of conversation that I think is really relevant. Like right now, Brandon's on his phone, right? So for me, for me, one of the big things is about judgment. It's like, yes, I'm spending this much time on my screen, but you know what? I'm aware of it. First of all, a lot of people are just doing this unconsciously. They're just scrolling unconsciously. They have no idea how long they're spending. If you ask them, hey, what did you learn today or what did you consume today? They won't be able to tell you anything because they're just doing it because it's instinctive. They're in line at Trader Joe's, they check their phone. They're at a red light, they check their phone. It might be for 30 seconds, but they're doing it so mindlessly most of the time. And for me, I know that I actually use my phone in a very intentional way. So I don't judge myself. Um, I, I understand that it is a big, important part of building a business, building a brand. So one of the things that I would encourage people listening or watching to do is like really take inventory. How much time are you spending on it? And then what are you using that time for? Um, in terms of like things like DMs on Instagram, right? Some people do all of their communication on DMs. Me personally, I don't want to get caught up in that jungle. So I commit like 30 minutes in the late morning, 30 minutes in the evening where I'm like thoughtfully responding to people or replying to people and responding to comments, things like that. And I'm able to do it in a much more intentional way because I'm not just like reactive all the time, mm -hmm. right? It's on my terms. And then, and then I would also say, you know, so many people again are consuming, you know, I personally don't consume that much. I'm not really clicking people on Instagram to see their story because I'm too busy creating my own story. I mean, there's people that I'll watch because maybe like they're a friend or maybe it's someone I'm trying to get in contact with. But other than that, I'm not really consuming other people's stories. Um, it's about creation. It's about creation. Like using that time to create and maybe gain inspiration. And then the last thing I would say is like, have you heard of a dopamine detox? No. So, so similar to like fasting with food, right? A dopamine detox would just be like eliminating some of these common areas that we go towards for these dopamine hits. So maybe you go two hours without social media. Maybe you go one week without watching porn. Maybe you go uh, one week without doing something that gives you instant gratification, but ultimately, you know, it doesn't serve you in the long run. So I think it's important to identify these areas. Like, I don't know about you, bro. I mean, just earlier this week, I jerked off and I fucking, as soon as I came, I was like, fuck, I'm never going to get that eight minutes back. And, you know, uh, I enjoyed it in the moment. But at the same time, like, I'm not going to judge myself critically, but it's a good time to be aware. Like, what are these things that you could maybe 
gain perspective by taking them out of your life. Because understand that every time you get a message, every time you see a lot of people posted or commented on your video or showed you some sort of validation, that's giving you a hit of dopamine, right? When you jerk off, that's dopamine. What are, um, you, uh, what are you jerking off to these days? Um, what, dude, fuck, this is going to sound bad. Um, no, there's no right or wrong answer here. This is your preference. So because I don't really want to get in the habit, you know, of watching porn, sometimes it'll be like me having a conversation with someone and then like, like whether I was doing a video chat, um, I don't do this with like a bunch of random different girls. Uh, but sometimes I'll do that. Uh, and and You're getting off on the conversation. Yeah. I make sure that the conversation is what that stimulates my mind. Um, and what's, what's that? Hold on. What's that look like? That would just look like, you know, uh, maybe a little dirty talk. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I'm thinking like, oh, we're talking about health and wellness and oh yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> you had an avocado with olive oil on it. Talk dirty oh, to salt, salt on it. <laughs> oh my god. Himalayan salt? Let's go. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, fuck. oh my god, is that a thinly sliced radish on that avocado toast right there? Oh no. my God. What? Ezekiel bread with Kerrygold's <laughs> butter? Oh, stop, stop, stop. Oh, oh, no. You put coconut oil in my coffee? Oh, you savage. <laughs> uh, so, so. That's going to be a great clip to share for this show. I'm just letting you know that. <laughs> oh, gosh. For me, for me, it's, it's, it's one of those things like I'm pretty aware of my tendency. And I think a lot of times, like I said, people are navigating without this awareness. So for me, I guess a big thing is like the first 30 to 60 minutes of my day, I'm on airplane mode and I'm just, you know, reading, writing. Um, and then also the last part of my day, the last, you know, call it 60 minutes before I go to bed, airplane mode, disconnect. So at least I bookend my days with, with like personal time. And I'm not in that space. Um, so for me personally, that's been a, a huge help in allowing me to uh, create clarity and also like have that structure um, laid out. Amazing. Yeah, that was uh, it's, it's, it's amazing how we can get away from, from the really positive, beautiful habits that we once established. Like I was like that with meditation. Like I'd wake up and just like fall straight to the floor. I'd roll myself out of bed, first of all, to make sure I'm getting up. And then it'd just be straight. I remember like when I lived in Kuwait, like I'd be getting, you know, 30 to 90 minute meditation sessions in the morning. Like I was able to get so deep into, you know, the meditative state. Like this is what, like five years ago now that, you know, you, you're able to have, you know, like not psychedelic, but, you know, just that deep of experiences of exploring, you know, your your mind your you know different meditations you can do where you're exploring you know the blood the, the the veins and arteries of your body like you're traveling as a red blood cell transporting through like to to try and give yourself a better visualization of yourself and your body what's working and what's not working it's 
and it's amazing like how deep you can go and then at the same time like i think it definitely goes back to the habits though and having that proper structure system and the disciplines in your life and you know some things we actually misconstrue as americans like lack of disciplines being our freedoms or like you know are people asking people to be a little bit more disciplined or thinking about themselves is actually them being stripped away of freedom and it's like uh, I, don't, I don't know I, I don't know if that's actually you know in the bill of rights the 10 bill of rights it's actually something that they're trying to prevent you from mm. you know we talked about you can go outside and and still still do things no one's put a padlock on your door like they have in china where they would say oh you have covid they lock you in your home <laughs> they wouldn't let you out in order to take part of the isolation um part of the corona like the therapy you're supposed to do once you you know you're supposed to quarantine yourself but if you found out you have it you need to be isolated from everybody and anybody to not spread the so-called virus but yeah um i uh you know i think we we come to a dilemma here what we're talking about when we're talking about we want to impact and there's a positive message that we can leave an impact on and that's going to inspire um, people to do better things in you know their life and in turn be better messages on for other people but um you know socially and culturally i think we're still kind of constrained over how how fast and how big of change can happen um in the world and i see that you know with you know all the uh the old guards you know the old guards that be whether it's politics whether it's standard medicine today, you know, where, where everybody's kind of fighting the CDC and these uh, organizations because it's like, wait, wait, hold on. You told us not to wear a mask, but you said you did that because you thought we would just go out and buy the mask. Like, why aren't you treating us like adults? Like, how do you, like, credibility is all determined, especially medicine. It's kind of built off credibility. If you don't have it, if people don't believe you, it's going to fuck this no one's going to listen. We're not going to have, you know, the slight disciplines and structures that we need as a country of 330 million people. Um, yeah, I, I, I want to create a lot more bigger social change for people in the country, but I don't know, man. I'm, I'm, try, I, I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm, I'm still an internal, the biggest optimist you'll find, but I don't know how we do it, man. I don't know if we can just do it through the content online i think we still need some action what kind of you know where you stand with all this yeah i mean for sure for sure you know there's only so much that a post on social media can do however that being said the world we live in we have to understand where the attention is right this isn't the 80s this isn't the 90s this isn't the 2000s where people are watching TV and you you can catch them on a commercial or they're driving their car, they're listening to the radio and you hit them with a radio ad. That's not where the attention is, right, in 2020. So it's about, again, uh, putting out a message that's authentic to you and encouraging people to take action. I mean, so many people, you know, on Blackout Tuesday, they post a black box. Now, I posted a black box. So by no means am I saying, oh, that's not doing anything or that doesn't serve a purpose. You know, it does serve a purpose. 
However, by just putting a black box, you know, are you doing that because everyone else is doing that? Or are you going to encourage people to actually, rather than just post something, are you going to actually encourage them to speak their mind, right? Whether that is join in on a protest, whether that is, you know, uh, have someone who has a different perspective. Maybe it's having a conversation with someone or just reflecting on your own situation and circumstances. So I think it's very easy to just post something and be like, okay, I did it. Cool. But what are you actually doing? Are you, are you getting out on the front lines? Are you, are you handing out meals to families in need? Are you, you know, uh, donating your time, your money, your energy to causes that you believe in that are going to help your community? And it's so easy to think of, like you said, 330 million people, 7.5 billion in the world. Like it's overwhelming. However, if we can just start like with our own circle, you know, your family, your friends, your direct line of contact, your community, are you making sure that they're doing things to stay healthy? You know, like that's one of the first things I, I, I talk about, like whether it's with a videographer or someone who's helping me in some capacity, it's like, hey, how's your health? How can I support you? Um, because ultimately, like, if you're helping me with health and wellness and, and different things like that, like I want to make sure that it's aligned with you. I want to make sure that you're doing things to take care of your health because that's going to allow us to have that much stronger of a partnership. I mean, it's hard to do that with my family right now. They don't want to take any precautions or of that matter. So that's, that's been like the hardest thing being cross country and you got your family not wearing masks or doing anything. And it's like, you guys aren't the best bill of health. Like, but then it comes back towards, you know, like we said, like with different organizations and what I think is like, there's not just a Trump death cult. There's like a death cult, even for people who are just gung ho that, you know, the Democrat party is like the end all be all thing that's going to solve all our problems. Like there's like these two death cults on both sides who don't want to hear anything or anything that that goes against what they say like you can't even show like hey here's a settlement with donald trump and jeffrey epstein about sexually abusing and raping two like young women under the age of 18 you're like what this is like actually settlement suit right here with those two together it's like yeah that's not real i don't believe that just like this is a court document <laughs> court document you know it's a settlement you know we can't say he's actually guilty or like true but it's like oh my god <laughs> there's there's still a lot you can infer from that and then people on the other side russia 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 this this, and that everybody's a racist like I, I don't think everybody's a racist i think there's a lot of ignorance and empathy that people don't understand how certain people feel and how they felt for hundreds of years so you know it's like there i i don't know how we get that polarity, which I would say is, you know, like 30% of each people in each direction, 30% on the left, 30% of the right, who are just like death cultish and they don't want to hear and they don't want to listen. They don't want to, you know, and I, the problem is that's what 60%, that's a majority who also probably aren't taking any actions to make things better. You know, like when you talk about what, what are people doing? What are the, the steps they can take? You know, 
I think we, I drove through Skid Row um, on my longboard. I have a longboard, by the way. Best, one of the best investments I've made, just being able to go out and cruise at least once a week or get to the beach. Oh, yeah, bro. Amazing. Why it's taken me 30 years, I don't know, and I don't care. I got it now. But, you know, you board through Skid Row, and it's like, oh, my God. Like, mm-hmm. how does the rest of one of the, the wealthiest – don't even look at California like a country, the sixth wealthiest country in the world, just California by itself. I think it's fifth now, you know, with the amount of money that comes in, just like, wait, this happens right here. We decided that these are the people we're just going to give up on and just say, Hey, here you go. Make do with yourself. And then we're even not going to use a certain part of the city with these amazing, beautiful buildings. And we're just going to say, yep, that's for them. Like people are freaking out. I don't know if you've seen the thing in Seattle uh, where like a certain bunch of people like cornered off six blocks of the city. Have you seen that? I've seen some of what's going on in Seattle. I know it's pretty crazy, but I haven't like seen details. It's amazing. Like, okay, six parts of this part of Seattle, just because um, I don't know if specifically Black Lives Matter. I'd probably say it's Antifa. Um, It's pretty big up in the Pacific Northwest has been able to siphon off six blocks of the city, you know, and saying it's their own independent country or autonomous zone. But like that's happening right here in one of the biggest, I wouldn't say LA, the biggest city, but you know, one of the most famous cities in the world where all this glam, uh, fame, glitter, glam happens. And like, we just said, yeah, we're going to put that off to the side. You know, it's like those the blinders, like, okay, as long as we don't go there and we don't look at it doesn't happen yeah man it's uh it's very interesting times and that's one of the reasons like i tell my parents who consume a lot of politics and a lot of news i'm like guys your time your energy can be spent so much better like because like you said there's so much separation there's very uh very stuck mentalities um and don't get me wrong like this what's happening right now like it's going to invoke emotion. It's going to invoke passion. So I'm not saying like, don't stand up for what you believe and don't voice your opinion. However, I do think it's important that like, at least we leave a little of our mind open to just receiving feedback and just hearing different perspectives. You know, yes, not all white people are racist. Not all cops are assholes. In fact, it's the completely other way around. You know, most cops are good people with, with not malicious intentions. However, of course, just like with everything, there are bad seeds. And what happened was fucking inexcusable and tragic. But, but to say all cops are pieces of shit and all white people are racist is just not, uh, not the best way to approach this because then it's just creating more separation and divide rather than actually becoming more united. And but the objection is at the same time, not all people are inherently bad. However, the systems and beliefs that are in place, and as much as someone might come to you as well with their perspective and feedback, if there's no basis in fact or logic that they're coming in, your idea and your system, like with the majority of the police systems that we have, that it's there to you know, collect money and property and possessions in order to feed and funnel 
their own departments, like the fact that our government is not giving these people the proper money or things that they're going off and putting tickets together and doing that, that system is fucked. Someone comes to me and says, hey, this thing isn't real just because I feel like it's not real. Great, great. Thanks for having a conversation with me. You have no fucking basis in fact or logic or reality <laughs> to come with me. Like you need to be able to explain yourself. And I think this is the problem with the older generation or even someone, you know, like yourself who not not the problem with you, but you know, you're someone who's testing, you're catching feedback, you're getting all this input, like and you're testing it on yourself. But like, you know, how many people are actually looking through the footnotes or understanding where their information not like what we've done with food, like where your food comes from. Like everybody is so disconnected from not just the knowledge that they receive, you know, think about, you know, how many Americans I'd love to do a poll, like still read books. I think that number has gone down and I laugh because it's scary. You know, how many people are actually consuming the information because with technology, like even the root form and definition of technology, like what agriculture did and we came up with all these tools and we domesticated animals we had more time to be humans you know when we came up with politicians we said oh these people are going to make a career out of making sure they're protecting our interest and we're not going to read much into it or or like do our civil service or civil duties and take part in politics we have mm -hmm. these people taking care of it for us hey i don't need to read this book someone gave me cliff notes for it i'm just going to take what they say and do it and you know, as much as we've done these things to reclaim and technology is always claimed, we're going to make, give you more time to be human and be you. I think we're doing even less. I think we're not actually even spending and enjoying our existence of reality and think about even like having children and loving each other, whether that's in intimate ways, relationships, friendships, like we're doing that even less and we're told we need to work more. Like a majority of people, it's like, whoa like you know people of the world are kind of being like raped and pillaged you know for their time and our time is everything that's where we get the most value from whatever we commit our time to and all these things we haven't been committing our time to have got away from us and we've lost the way whether that's you know politics or understanding how our country works and how we can make it a better place through this amazing institution called democracies and republics same thing goes with food, which you, I know you're a big advocate on. We, we don't do that with food anymore either. We've lost touch. We think that meat is like styrofoam and ceram wrap, and that's a cow. <laughs> How many yeah, kids have well, actually seen a cow? I I I 100% agree, like with what you're saying, and and yeah, we we need to really check like where we are getting our information, our data from. It's so easy to just like watch a 60 second clip of one person and then base our entire judgment, our entire opinion on that one piece of content or information. So I think we just, you know, for you and I, I think it's our responsibility to, again, put out the truth um, and, and, and put out our truth and put out what we perceive to be the truth. And also with that being said, it's like, don't listen to Brandon and I don't believe everything we're saying, like do your homework. If you're actually interested about something, you know, whether that is, Hey, what foods are good for your gut biome or what is the history of race relations in the United States? Like those are complex things. You're not going to know the answer 
in one video or in one article. It takes research. It takes committing. And that just goes to another point. Like so few people are willing to commit time because there's such a lack of attention in today's society. And that's why those who are able to be consistent, like you with the podcast, like you with helping others get their podcast started, whether it's with the basketball thing, whether it's me with content, coaching, all of these things, we're consistent. And that right there is so powerful in today's economy and today's world, because it's so easy just to get lost in a fad for a week, get excited about something, put a couple time, put a couple, put a couple videos out. You know, if I was, if I was, you know, someone who gave a fuck what people thought, I post a hundred videos on TikTok, I get no love, I get no positive feedback, fuck this, I'm done. I'm done trying. Or or you can just be consistent because you love the process. I genuinely love the process of learning and and gathering information because I know I have the intention to disseminate that to others. So it's like, it's like, I think a big role of it is like not being attached to the result, not being attached. Your result can't be likes and shares and comments. Like that can't be your result. And I think that's the issue too, that we're not measuring like what are, what are successes? Like, Oh, Hey, this post helped three other people make a podcast like likes. It's so petty, like, but it's, it's a quick little measurable thing to look at. But at the same time, it's like how many people went out today, bought a loaf of bread and a jar of peanut butter and passed out sandwiches and, you know, in a rough part of town where there's a lot of homeless people. Like I you know, fucking I mean, want to do that. That's something that's super dope. Like, have you done I, that? I, I, I do that once a week. We, I did it. We, I did it with the hoop bus once. Um, we actually took the bus out to, I think it's Gladys park, um, with this one gentleman, uh, uh I forget his name. He's going to kill me for not putting, getting his name or pronouncing it. Um, and one of the founders, co-founders on the bus, Elliot, he, uh, had worked with him on the idea to go out to skid row and, uh, you know, we made a bunch of sandwiches and then made like some care packages and some, you know, toiletry and hygienic products to pass out. And we made some brown paper bags and we don't, not only just did that, but we went down there to hoop with everybody who was at the park who wanted to jump in and play basketball. And for me, that was like one of the big, big selling points on the project. Like, you know, how much change and how much, you know, amazingness this project has where it was just like, oh, hey, we're just going down there today. And again, I had my biggest, I was probably the biggest hesitator, you know, person hesitating once we were there, you know, we're in Skid Row. This is I'd been, uh, done some stuff down there and it's like, it's, it's intense. And I, I highly suggest you take a cruise drive through there, experience it because it's sad that this is happening in America. But anyways, you know, I'm the bus driver. I manage this thing and it's like, okay, I got to keep these keys close. You know, we don't have, you know, all the full locks and, and security system on the bus. You know, we have a bunch of cameras and equipment on there, all the photographers and videographers we have. I got to stay there with the bus and I got to watch it. And it's like, everybody's out there hooping and it's like, wait, like, let me get out there too. Let me get out there and hoop and pass out these bags and sandwiches. And I went out there and, you know, have, you know, why I do this podcast and why I do everything. I, I believe conversation is such an important thing. It's a, it's a dying art form, <laughs> I would say. Um, the fact that most people are just so hesitant and scared to go out and communicate with people. But I think that's where, you know, 
shut up and listening sometimes to what someone else has to say and then even you getting the chance to express a thought to what someone else says or something you believe in is a very not just rewarding but you know it, it's enriching in your mm. uh, in being human itself and you know slapping high five giving hugs like the people you're hooping with like you're just like not even thinking this first home or this or that it was like the complete dehumanizing block you know which is a credit to the game of basketball first and foremost that you know what sports can do in that sense basketball has allowed me into so many doors around the world you know i remember that that kid kazuhuki kaz you know, him and I spoke wow, no English. Stayed with you. That was super epic. Him and I spoke no. I spoke no Japanese. He spoke no English. And in two weeks, I turned him into enough of a professional basketball caliber that he, you know, is playing professional basketball in Austria this year, with no with the, no language communication skills at all. We were able to, you know, through the game, through the steps, and a few few words that we picked up when we were started working together. You know, the best and most important one. Nagare, which means flow. You have to be able to flow on the court. And once I was able to find Ooh, the word that translated, when I could translate that word into Japanese, flow, and demonstrate that word with what I was saying, it completely started flowing and moving to the things that I needed him to do and wanted him to learn. And again, that's like a two-week story right there in my life. Like, yeah, hey, this kid found me on couch surfing, flew across the world. We turned into a professional basketball player, bro, and that and and that's so <laughs> like that. And those are the things, honestly. Like, too, uh, how how did he how did he find you? By the way, couch surfing. He sent me a message, like, and it was like the weirdest message. And naturally, I, I I fuck with a lot of people. Like, I love trolling and I love messing with people. I think my family and friends, I pushed it so hard and far, <laughs> the trolling that I do. <laughs> some friends have gotten very upset with me even family over the years um but i get this message like hey are you basketball awesome. coach and i'm like before i even respond because i'm always on my couch surfing up i have people from all around the world come stay with me for free because as a former tra still a person who travels i don't stay in a hostel or couch surf as much or anymore you know i, uh, <laughs> I make enough that i can go stay in a hotel and actually be comfortable where i want to go but I do understand, you know, people who want to see the world who either don't have the dime to do it and, you know, they don't believe and buy into the systems that you or I may like don't believe in as, as well that, yeah, if I can just give you my bed and a place to shower and rest your head so you can go and live life the way you want to live it. I think that, first of all, I'm inspired by you for going out there and sticking to it. If all I have to do is give up my bed for you, you know, and, uh, I'm obviously going to cook for you. You're staying in my home. Like, listen, I, I hate when people ask me when they come in the home, hey, is it okay if I grab this or touch this? I'm like, what? Like, what do you want to eat? First of all, let me make you something for you. You're you're in my home. Like, you're here li under my roof. Like, that's just like human hospitality 101, which I, I it blows my mind that people don't like look after their fellow man, man or woman. When I mean man, like, I mean humans. So... Yeah, you know, I think uh, that not enough people counter, not enough people help former travelers. I know this COVID thing is going to set that back a lot in a, um, mm. with everything, you know, in terms of, you know, people are going to be a little more on guard of who they let in, and why they let them in. But, you know, this kid found me on there. He comes over 
Um, and before I can respond to the message that he's a, I'm a basketball coach, he sends me internet like message is this big, which is like, you know, that's huge online. That's, it's going to take like 20 minutes to read through it. And I sift through it and who he is. And he's a basketball player in Japan university. He'd rate himself like a four out of 10. He's not that good. And he's looking for a coach and he's willing to fly across the world and do this. First of all, right away, I think like, who's fucking with me? Who? This just can't be a real story. Like who the fuck? Like it's gotta be one of my friends. I knew exactly. It's probably Adam and Zach and they're fucking with me. And I kept yeah, messaging your, your group of friends are pranksters, bro. <laughs> These savages. They exactly. No one's safe. But also it's a good it's a I think it's a very masculine form of affection that most women don't understand. Um mm. like showing when you play a prank on somebody or you tease them, like that is so ladies, like that is just like the biggest masculine form of affection when, when men I, do that to you. I think that's actually a good point to like talk about, you know, is like the, the masculine and the feminine, you know, uh, I'm reading, I'm not sure if you've read the way of the superior man, but definitely recommend this book for all men out there. Um, powerful men and also women. I think it'll like really shed a light, uh, on this. And, and, and I think what happens, man, like, I've learned a lot about this and it's something I've experienced, you know, in relationships is that a lot of times before, before we have a wife or before we have a partner, before we have kids, before any of that, we have ourselves, we have our dreams, we have our mission. And sometimes we let our dreams dissolve as we get into these relationships or these partnerships. And, and what I think is really common in, in relationships with like men and women is, you know, a lot of times we, uh, as men, we have this mission, we have something that like we're super passionate about, and we don't necessarily communicate that to our partner. And what I've been super intentional about, like early on, if I'm getting involved with someone is I'm like very transparent. I'm like, my mission is so, so big. And that's my first priority. So I just want to put that out there. And, and also I'd much rather be present with you for 30 minutes and not be distracted, not be focused on anything I have to take care of, then hang out with you for two hours where, you know, I'm thinking about that shit that I have to do or that I didn't do. And that's just the way I operate. And I think it's the way a lot of, you know, type A guys who are driven, who, who want to get a lot of shit done and create special things in the world. And, you know, I know your past relationship, uh, you might be able to relate to that. And a lot of times, um, a lot of times we don't have that level of communication, but understanding that, you know, uh, the way of the superior man is to, is to, uh, is to chase your dreams, to live in purpose, to live with your mission being the top priority. And that doesn't mean you can't be in a really healthy and happy relationship. It, in fact, it means like if you're fucking the shit out of your mission, like if you're crushing whatever it is you want to get done, that probably means you're fucking the shit out of your woman. You're going to show up in a powerful way in both areas, in all areas. So if you feel like you're playing small or you're, you're, you're losing touch with what that purpose or mission is, you're probably not going to show up in a powerful way, whether it's for your woman, whether it's for your family, whatever capacity. 
And um, I might have steered off topic, but but I think it's really important to understand and to have that mutual understanding, masculine and feminine. There's there's a difference here, and a lot of times, you know, men play down their masculinity. I feel like in, in, in the way that we're in society, where it's like toxic masculinity and like this is bad, right? And, and, and now you have like a lot of women who are entrepreneurs, business leaders, which is amazing, right? And they might be losing touch with some of their femininity and understanding that that sexual polarity is actually a really good thing. It's a really healthy thing when there's like that super masculine energy, that feminine energy, and like you just tussle and play. I really think that we've just been sold that you know business and capitalism is like the only way and that equality like we're, we're steering towards this direction of equality that like only exists in business like hey we need to make sure as many men and women are in a workspace and it's like yeah you know we should be giving equal opportunity to everybody in that workspace but again it's just like going towards that direction and it's like business isn't the only aspect of the things we need to be doing to to be better as you know as different sexes and now different you know i don't know is it genders or sexes like that there's x amount of these days that you know what you can identify with or even like change your biology to be like we're these human caterpillars that are constantly tinkering with ourselves to to ball up in a cocoon and to be a different butterfly <laughs> now we can do it with science so i mean it, it's it's amazing and it's fast and it's crazy but you know it comes down to all those things. We're trying to go so far away from ourselves and so we understand who we are and how we can just be better, like I said, as different genders or just people in general. I I, I mean, like, for example, men, I mean, I'm probably the worst and I've got to do with like even more work than I do, but to be or show those more sides of femininity, you know, or just uh, to just respect that energy you know, and show that to a woman. Like it's so hard, you know, being the type A, the the crazy stubborn man, you know, who's got to be too tough and too strong to show emotion and feeling. It's like, yeah, you know, what do you do? And how do you um, are able to get more in touch with that side of yourself and even display those things? Yeah, for sure, bro. Um, Dude, real quick sidetrack. Do you ever still talk to May? May, shout out to May if you're listening. I do not, do you? Bro, like I've been trying to get in touch with her and she just ignores me. Does like, she have an Instagram? I don't even know where her Instagram is. Yeah, I've sent her, I've, talk, I've sent her DMs, I've sent her texts, like she sees them. And, and I, I, I still have her phone number. I should still have her phone number. I should shoot her a line. Shoot her Maybe. a line. Like, yo, I hear you're not responding to my... I literally like this is so off topic, but we'll follow up on her number after this. I want to, I'm actually going to follow up with May. May, we're going to find you. Yeah, and I was like, you know, I'm single, and I'm like, and I'm like, fuck, you know, this girl, you know, we we spoke like a few years ago, right? And 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 I was like, and I literally told her, like, I was like, at least tell me, fuck you, and say that you're not interested, rather than just like being childish and reading a message and not responding. Anyways, that's, that's off topic. Um, but, but, <laughs> but I think Amazing. it all goes back to what we touched on earlier, man, is like, 
is becoming more aware of your truth and understanding that there's so much power in, in your authenticity and sharing openly. And, and for me personally, like, I think a big reason people don't share openly is because they fear judgment. They fear what people are going to say. They fear uh, people talking shit about them. Well, I'm just going to tell you right now, you know, uh, people are always going to talk shit about you. You know, there's always going to be people that criticize you regardless of what you're putting out, of what you're doing. There's always going to be people that do that. Are you going to live life based on those people's words and expectations? Are you going to live life on your own terms? And, and for me personally, it's like I saw that when I started sharing more of my truth, people really resonated with it. They like appreciated that I wasn't just putting out like all of the highlight real moments of my life that I was actually sharing, you know, maybe some challenging moments, some toxic thoughts or anything like that. And ultimately that's how you cultivate trust is by like sharing yourself openly. And, you know, in relationships, I think unfortunately like so many people put up walls because they've been hurt in the past. They haven't had their expectations met. And because of these past experiences, that's how they show up in the world. They're like, oh, I can't, you know, I can't trust him because this person three years ago cheated on me and all men are assholes, all men are douchebags, all men are cheaters. And you start to tell yourself all these stories that you believe are true, but in reality, they're not. And you're holding yourself back because you're, you're, you're sabotaging yourself based on one moment that happened in the past and you're recreating the same exact results based on your thought patterns and your belief system. So, um, you know, I guess, for, and, and this is for both men and women, you know, I think a lot of us, we put up, we put up these walls, we put up this facade. And, you know, I think the best way to remedy that is like radical candor, honest communication. Like, hey, what are your intentions with this relationship? Is it just to, you know, have some fun? Is it to be intimate? Are you looking for a friend? You know, these conversations might be challenging to have, but like that ultimately is going to create dialogue. And that probably will manifest into more trust rather than always wondering, hey, is this person doing this? Are they doing that? They said this, but I think they're full of shit. And, and I think oftentimes we just live in those paradigms, bro. Um, and, you know, I, I, I really think like, you know, communication is such a powerful thing that oftentimes we don't, don't utilize. It's just, well, I, I, it starts with, you know, our parents and I think it starts with our school teachers and, you know, I don't think a lot of people have the best role models or the people you spend the most time with you know, end up being the greatest people in your lives. Sometimes like some people, role models are more <clears throat> influential, but the problem is a lot of people's role models don't end up being their parents or they don't end up being, you know, even their school teachers. And these are the people that are ch children of, you know, society or our culture spend the most time around. And it's like, why aren't we making sure if people are going to be having offspring that they are great people or people that, you know, again, there's no judgment towards the past and people, parents of the past who've done bad things, maybe to, to children then, but 
you know, I think like the like especially talking about the relationship between men and women, and women understanding, as well as men understanding and you know listening and trying to figure out, not looking at everything so piece by piece like an engineer, but like more of like okay, what what is this person trying to say to me? I think uh, you know just the way boys are treated in school because I've worked in uh, you know preschools for uh, my mom's old company teaching life aspects through sports and you just you know. I know one of those is like in healthcare too, like when black women are seen to be able to tolerate more pain and so they don't get as much medicine or treatment. And it's like the same thing with young boys in school where it's just like teachers just yelling at them and being a little bit more, you know, aggressive towards them, especially, you know, these are some boys young as three to five years old, you know, again, we talked about before, like even boys that age, like the way they show affection, you know, especially when they're figuring things out is, you know, with uh, name calling or, you know, teasing or, you know, they're a little bit more rambunctious too. So it's just like you know, some of the treatment they get, it's just it's just not in a positive direction. You're just like, wow, these are the school teachers who are predominantly women too. And it's like, ah, yeah, like that's, that's not great. That's, and again, it's not that I'm not justifying or saying the person's a bad person because we're trying to understand again, where is this person coming from? Why is their life so tough that they need to treat or mistreat, you know, kids in their classroom that way? Like these are, these are things that could, you know, change, change another, the next generation could make sure majority of people are sought after and looked after in a better way. And it's like, again, it goes back towards like the idea of the masochistic form of capitalism that we're at that, oh, hey, we just need to make sure men and women are able to compete in the business aspect more. And then that's going to solve the problem. And now men and women are just vying for jobs and opportunity. And okay, now no one's even paying attention to the other person and how we can just be better humans before, because we need to make sure we make X amount of dollars and um, our status and our betterment is only based off how much money we make. And now we're not even making enough money and we can't even make enough money for both of us to pull together to start a family. And now we're not even spending time with the kids that we create. And it's like, Oh my God! Is this the system that we're that we're riding right now? Yeah, I get is this it. this rocket ship out of hell. Like, I mean, what yeah. do we do, Jeremy? Jeremy, help me, help us. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't have the solutions to that those big problems, but um, you know, I think it's going to be interesting now with all the parents who are now like forced to homeschool their kids. I'm I'm interested to see you know what that's going to look like, and and yeah, I'm man, scared I, for that too. Yeah, I I think you know. Oftentimes when we grow up, we think that our parents are like right about everything. We think they're these saviors. And I'm super grateful that both of my parents are fucking amazing. Um, however, there's things that our parents don't know that they always try to give us advice on. Like Brandon and I are doing something different. We are entrepreneurs. We're podcasters. We're, we're living a life that isn't necessarily it wasn't possible for our parents so there's probably going to be a lack of understanding there might be some resistance and they might try to give us advice hey maybe you should go for something more safe or more steady and it's like i understand that they have their best our best best interest in mind however i also understand that they're not really qualified to give me advice in this area of life but with other things like relationships you know they've been together 40 plus years then I'm like all years, like, tell me, 
Like, how do you guys handle conflict? How do you guys decide uh, when you guys are on opposite sides of the spectrum? How do you come to those agreements? How do you uh, resolve conflict? All of these things, you know, that's when I'm open ears for them. Um, and with that being said, B, I have to go and I have to be on something at six. So, yeah. so how do you want to wrap this up? Well, how do I want to wrap it up? Wow, you, you grant me so much, so much affordability. Thank you, Jeremy. Um, well, first of all, I just want to, you know, thank you for coming out. You know, I know you are the hardest person to book these days and to steal off your time. You know, now that I know, I got to make sure I catch you in these late afternoon windows to get a message from you. L late morning, late afternoon. So now I know how to, to squeeze myself into your day. Um, but no, man, I just want to say I'm proud of you. I'm proud that you're, uh, um, you know, seeing you come from your journey when you moved to SF to, uh, to South Florida to, uh, to be consistent and that everybody who's watching this, you know, takes, whether you want to say Jeremy's successful or he's unsuccessful, or you want to judge him, like, you know, he's doing what makes him happy and you need to find a way to stay consistent, um, and passionate and true. And then commit to whatever that that message or that that thing may be over time, and then I I might say it in a little bit more gr brutal way. You can't be afraid to get a shit taken on you, you know, because your, your first video is not going to be great. Your your first speech you're going to make is not going to be the best. But you know, as long as you can say and be open to the criticism that's going to come, and take, you know, be able to filter through that criticism once it comes in to start implementing that those uh those positive changes you can make to start being better and to be eventually the best at what you want to do, you're going to make it. And to remember that, you know, whatever you want your unique experience to be, as much as I know everybody comes from different backgrounds and doesn't, isn't maybe as fortunate or have the position to be, uh, to get where they want to get to, it starts with a question. It starts with reaching out to somebody. And if you can make that step by just sending a message to somebody to ask for help or ask for guidance, you took a step in the right direction. Mm. And I want you all to do that today. It's my positive message I'm sending back out there. And then I want everybody to, uh, I want you to make sure, you know, not so everybody listening to the show, but um, leave a leave a nice uh, Jeremy Abramson note or message out there and then where people can find you and, you know, where on TikTok they can find you. Because I know I have a lot of, I probably, everybody's on TikTok these days, but let people know where they can connect with you. Yeah, fam. So appreciate you, B, for the kind words and for having me and holding space. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think what would be powerful for both of us is if you're listening right now and there was something that really resonated with you, something that you're committed to taking action on, I want you to share that thing with, with Brandon and I. So post on your IG story and let us know, like, what was the biggest takeaway you had from this show, whether it was something, you know, I said about uh, jerking off and being upset about it, or whether it was something that B said, you know, uh, this is ultimately the best way that you're going to process information is by sharing it, by teaching it to others. So I encourage people to do that. And I'm definitely uh, committed to responding and continuing the conversation. So, you know, shoot me a message, coach Jeremy 305 on Instagram and that's the same handle on TikTok it's J E R E M Y coach Jeremy 305 and then also you know if you're listening right now and you are a executive or an entrepreneur and you're struggling with your health and wellness maybe you're crushing it with business 
but you want to transfer and translate that success to other areas of your life, your, your health, your relationships, your purpose, um, your energy levels. I have a very, very unique one-on-one coaching program where I work very uh, closely and intimately with each of my clients. Um, so if that is something that you are interested in, uh, definitely shoot me a message and we can have a conversation. Um, I, I, again, am super excited. Uh, and B, like you said, you know, it, it, it is about just that one small step, taking that committed action. And, and yeah, guys, as we start a new month, we start, you know, a new season, we start new possibilities, new opportunities. So really just being a little more open to receiving all of the gifts in your life, all of the opportunities, all of the possibilities. They're so abundant. This world is so abundant. Your success doesn't have to come at the expense of somebody else. You have such a unique ability, such a unique gift to share with the world. And I just want to encourage everyone to start doing that and stepping into their power. Beautiful, man. It's beautiful. So glad we met those four years ago at Warrior Basketball Academy. Shout out to B and Lewis. For hiring the both of us, letting us <laughs> pass on amazing skills and basketball and physical uh, education to these kids. Um, and real quick, Jeremy, that's not the show. Thank you again, Jeremy. Love you, brother. And thank you, everybody, who's tuning the show. If you're watching this on iTunes, if you're listening to this on iTunes or wherever you may consume the podcast, I know where people are listening. I know where you're listening. So it's just going to be iTunes probably. Go ahead and subscribe to the show. Please leave a five star review. It's how people can rate and see that. We're almost at 200. So shout out to everybody who's left a review there. Massive thank you to all of you. And if you're watching this on YouTube, go ahead, subscribe on the YouTube channel. Give this a share via through Facebook or Twitter. That's always massive when we get shares like that, especially if you enjoyed these conversations. And there's plenty of other conversations like this I've had on my show. I've had two other people that Jeremy and I are affiliated with on the last two episodes, Jeff Shub and Danielle Gertner. Shout out to both of them. They're they're amazing in their own rights. And yeah, if you want to support the show, we're on Patreon. You can support the show. Get some amazing perks and benefits when it comes to the show. And yeah, that's it, guys. Get the hell out of here. Get off my fucking bus. Get out there and do what you got to do. Build your own bus. Get your own vehicle to wherever you have to go. We'll see you next time. Peace out, fam. Quits is the most, uh, for those who...